Hey, man. How's it going? It's going extremely well. How about yourself? Going well. Because uh, we know uh, we know Superman does good, and we do well, right? We do know that. In fact, uh, one of our coworkers sometimes struggles with that one a little bit, but uh, we're, we're working on him. Are, are we going to make his day by calling him out before we even talk about beer? Um, I say if, fuck no. If history is any indication, he'll get all excited about it. Yeah. So let's not mention his name. So that he's not world famous again until after we talk about beer. I think that's a good idea. So uh, if we were going to talk about beer, we'd probably need to go someplace to drink beer to talk about beer. Well, does that make sense? It, it does make sense, and uh, I think we're in luck because uh, we're already somewhere that we can drink beer. Cool. <laughs> Once again, uh, uh, we have visited uh, Mad Tree Brewing in yeah. Cincinnati, Ohio. We were here... Uh, for work uh, a while back and uh, they had a COVID scare and closed down and did all the right things and have done all the right things during the pandemic. And so uh, we thought it made sense to come back and uh, support them and sit outside and record a podcast. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we talked about their setup a little bit the last time since we were drinking uh, every vote counts that they had released. We did. Um, But yeah, no, it's a, it's a great setup. And, uh, there's a uh, a restaurant inside called Catch a Fire Pizza uh, that does a weekend brunch menu, which is pretty outstanding. What'd you have? Uh, so I had the hash, which usually a hash comes in like a bowl. This one was uh, in like a flour tortilla, almost like uh, like a quesadilla, uh, kind of wrapped up, and it was fantastic. Um, choice of meat, I went with the breakfast sausage. Uh, I know uh, this is going to be a great sports ball reference. I know you kind of called an audible uh, at time of order and and changed it up. I did. The the hash looked good. I was going to get huevos rancheros, and I when we walked up there, they had uh, shrimp and grits. And uh, I'll tell you, it was good audible. It was. Yeah, it was. It, it uh, looked really good at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> a good call to make. And uh, so uh, it was. Uh, uh, I'm a little, uh, my nose is a little runny because it was a little spicy. Yeah, yeah. Mine came with a, uh, a some kind of a sauce that was also pretty spicy. It was a red sauce, that, um, a lot of peppers in it. Uh, it was fantastic. Great flavor, but yeah, it, it wasn't overpowering. I, granted, I really like hot, spicy things, but uh, it, it was a nice touch to add to it. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like uh, a lot of flavor and a kind of sort of a medium heat and it was uh, it was certainly just right it was uh, it was very good uh, I know we've talked about maybe trying to, to do this on the regular as the weather holds or as as we can tolerate the outside <laughs> but uh, it's which is ridiculous today um, I know at like the start of this week we had a freeze warning every single morning and uh, we just, it's its 11 a.m. right now, and uh, before we started recording, we both had to take our jackets off because it is creeping up towards, I think, mid-70s today. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. I almost wore long pants, and I'm like, no, I think I'll just go <laughs> sweatshirt and shorts, and uh, and I was starting to roast in the sweatshirt. Yeah, sure. you were you were the smart one. I have jeans on, and I'm, I'm regretting my decision slightly. So... And and once again, I, I don't think we can say it enough. What a good job Mad Tree has has done. Absolutely, they uh, took our temperature. They uh, were very accommodating on the way in, even though we said we'd been here during COVID. They uh, they politely walked us through the rules again. Yep. 
Um, they did have to talk to some asshat who had moved tables and didn't understand why that, uh, um, you know, now they needed to wipe down another table. But, yeah. you know, there's always one of those. It's not just like they don't do it at the time that you sit down, meaning that if the table's been occupied, they've got to clean it so somebody else can sit there. But It's, it's kind of that, uh, in life in general, don't be a dick, but yes. certainly during a pandemic. Is that, uh, is that Wheaton's, Wheaton's Law? Is that what he calls I it? Think well, Wheaton's Law is just don't that, be a dick. That's Wheaton's Law. <laughs> it is for sure. It is for sure. Um, granted, though, this is, this is extremely unusual for me, um, not just to be out right now, but uh, you know, having been out of bed as long as I have. That's crazy for I, I, me on I was, Saturday. Honestly, I was a little surprised when I pitched the idea last <laughs> night and you're like, you know, I could get out of bed early for that. <laughs> I, I had to set an alarm uh, today to make sure I got out of bed. Now, did you did you happen to shock anybody that we were going to get up and drink beer early that maybe it's not a... I, a beer drinker or something? Yeah, yeah. so we've got a friend who, um, you know, she would never want to come here and do this sort of thing because... Um, I don't even really like beer that much. <laughs> uh, but she happened to text me uh, about 8.30 this morning, I think it was, and I had replied to that text, and uh, she was, like, extremely caught off guard. Like, you're awake early. I'm like, yeah, I got some, some plans today, which... Uh, I very intentionally did not uh, enlighten her to, and uh, oh, so I should not take a picture and send. It. Oh, you can now because I already uh, I, I waited so that I could take a picture of my extremely delicious brunch and my beer that I was having at ten thirty in the morning and and send those to her. So I've already sent them. It's it's in the clear now. All right, <laughs> so uh, we will uh, we will signal her now. There you go. See if she gets the uh, the signal. So. Uh, yeah, caught her off guard, but uh, obviously well well worth it. Uh, pretty mellow here right now. Not a ton of people around. Just nice and uh, nice and relaxing. And uh, hopefully you get a little ambiance with the background music and uh, maybe some traffic to our left. But it's not been too bad. Yeah, yeah. We we uh, I know last time we were here we weren't recording, but uh, there were a couple of really loud cars that uh, were showing off their exhaust systems when they went by. So we'll uh, we'll see. But I, I don't think it, it'll be as loud as the uh, big old jet airline episode yeah i don't think so i don't think so it's uh it's, it's pretty pretty nice setup so good good idea kudos to you so and we did um we've we haven't talked about we've talked about the brewery we haven't talked about the beer we Correct. we did hear from another person this morning actually we both harassed him but let's talk about beer before we talk about him yeah because that guy's less important than beer for sure clearly he's <laughs> less important than beer so uh so first how many days have we been at home? Uh, that would be 241 days at home right now. And uh, COVID's escalating across the country, over 100,000 new cases a day, uh, well over 100,000 the last couple of days. Kentucky's uh, blowing up for the first time during the pandemic, yep. the, really off the charts. And so we're going to be home uh, a lot more days. So uh, I don't know. Are we going to have to set up a spreadsheet to do the calculations for us? The number's going to be so big? Yeah, I was going to say, um, luckily we got some buffer room yet. Uh, I might have to look in my script if that integer I'm using is signed or unsigned to see uh, how high that can go. But uh, yeah, I think all the trends we talked about the last time are the same but worse. Uh, so it's 
it's not looking like we're gonna be not working from home anytime soon. So you're uh, you're on your second beer. Tell us about both your beers. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I haven't finished the first one yet, but we were gonna record, and I'm like, I don't have enough left to tide me through. So uh, my very first beer, given that it was kind of an early start to the day. Uh, and you and I had kind of chatted a little bit about what kind of beers constitute a good morning beer. Um, I went with the Arabica Cadabrica. Uh, it's a coffee porter, which I'm not normally a porter fan. Um, but the idea sounded really good. So it's a coffee porter with uh, ginger and orange, um, which it's always kind of iffy on some of those, like how much of the flavor are you going to get and is it going to be good? Uh, the ginger comes through real strong uh, and is actually like a great complement to the beer. So um, chalk that one up as kudos to Mad Tree for making a style of beer I don't normally like that's that's really good. Uh, and then I followed that up with Dark Side, which is a Imperial Stout. Um, fitting that it's called Dark Side and it's an Imperial Stout. But. And the uh, <laughs> a- APV must be uh, much larger because it is a, a petite uh, cup. It's a, yeah, it was a 10 ounce pour as opposed to a. Um, a 16. Uh, this one is a 10.2% ABV compared to the 5.8 of the Arabica Cadabrica. Uh, but you also had a, a solid selection this morning. What'd you go with? I did. I thought I had this before, but maybe I hadn't checked it in, so maybe I didn't. But I had the S'more Gratitude. And so it is uh, a, uh, a very good uh, stout that um, it's kind of a, a dessert uh, stout. So has a uh, uh, cacao, cocoa, uh, kind of a chocolatey flavor. It, it says it has uh, vanilla and marshmallow flavorings in it. And uh, I get a whole lot of that. It's, it's very, very smooth. It is, it's certainly a dessert beer, but I would call it a breakfast beer for <laughs> sure. Um, it's, it's always impressive to me. Um, you know, kind of like with the Arabica Cadabrica, when you get, when you, when you read the description and it says it includes all these things, because, you know, we've all been there, you try a beer and it says it has hints of all these things and you taste it and you're like, I don't get any of that. So when that kind of comes through well, uh, that's always impressive to me. Yeah, absolutely. And some, some of them are just, you're like, Ah, they didn't put enough of any of those things. Right, right. Or, or it lists, you know, four or five different things and you get one and it's the one you don't want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, really good. And, you know, we were talking about well, what, what, what's a good breakfast beer. And, and so uh, a Berliner certainly is a good breakfast beer. I, I think I had all their Berliners last time and yep. they don't have any new ones. Yeah. And uh, while well, I thought I had the s'more, this is really good and I hadn't checked it in on Untappd. So... I must not have had it. I must have wanted to have it last time. And so uh, definitely a, uh, a good choice. I, I usually drink a uh, Radler, a Berliner, or a, um, or a breakfast, a dessert sort of stout yep. for yep. morning stuff. I, I agree with that. Um, in the morning, I, despite loving them otherwise, I really don't want like an IPA at no. you know, 10 in the morning. That's a little much for me. When we were trying to decide where to, to record before uh, the epiphany of uh, the brunch menu here, uh, I was looking at the, all the, some places we're not really comfortable going, but I looked <laughs> at their uh, tap menu and uh, the Rattler is still on, uh, on tap. 
at uh, the big house in Braxton. Oh, nice. So, nice. Uh, so we had talked about maybe getting a couple of callers and right. going somewhere and recording. And so I was thinking, you know, we could get those Rattlers for breakfast and that do something. Yeah. But it turned out all the restaurants in the area don't open till four or five. And uh, and we wanted we were looking at lunch, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, still, still, I think the couple of places we had mentioned, yeah, they were all going to open up later. So, so. Um, unfortunate, but uh, we just came here instead, and it, it turned out extremely well. Well, along those lines, you know, kind of what's new in the world is is uh, lots of uh, articles coming out about restaurants and bars deciding to hibernate for the winter. Yeah, which. Uh, on the surface, I'm like, ah, that sounds strange. And then, and then when you think about it, it's like, well, you can go out of business, mm-hmm. or, or maybe you maximize how you close down. So you figure out a, a strategy, and go as long and hard as you can, and then just say for these months, because we can't do all the right things to keep people safe inside or to meet all the the local. Uh, or state or national requirements, maybe we should just close down. It's clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the implications are for unemployment for staff, but I would say it's cleaner than open for a while, business gets slow, or there will be a COVID exposure right. where you have to close for five days, seven days, 14 days, whatever it happens to be, open up, and you might have to do it again. So uh, after I read a couple of the articles, I'm like, you know, that that kind of makes sense. And I haven't seen anybody in our region yet talk about it, but uh, drop some some links in the show notes. And and Seattle, New York, uh, Washington, Boston, um, Washington, D.C., Boston, all those places uh, are starting to see a trend Mm -hmm. of of restaurants saying they're going to do that. And seems like it makes sense. It, it does. And I know you and I have talked uh, previously, too, about what a lot of the places uh, in in this area even uh, we're going to do. Because, I mean, if you uh, I, I happen to live real close to the neighborhood we used to work in. Um, I didn't have like an hour commute or anything like that because that would be just a nightmare. That's because but, you suck. <laughs> okay. But uh, so I, I will frequently, uh, you know, head down and. You know, pick up, uh, you know, even sometimes just coffee from one of my favorite coffee shops or to-go food. And um, at least while the weather has been nice, uh, the places with outdoor seating do seem to do pretty decent business. Uh, tons of people sitting outside, more, more people than I want to be around, that's for sure. But um, it's, it's working well for them. And there's, some, there's been some changes around the town, too, where during certain hours, like parts of the street are just closed down. Um, so that places that maybe don't have any normal outdoor seating, they set them up like literally in the middle of the road um, after, you know, 6 p.m. and that sort of thing. Um, but we had talked about what those places are going to do once the weather stops holding up. You know, we've had a nice reprieve uh, the past couple of days. It's been gorgeous in the 70s. But before then, it was freezing um to the point where i would definitely there's a different threshold for me for sitting outside drinking beer and for like eating food so (laughs) and in times even when i may have been comfortable sitting outside um to to drink i'm like that's just so awkward to try and eat out there and like what are these places going to do yeah and um i did stop last weekend one day some of my buddies texted me and i stopped at the wessex farm and it was uh breezy and cold and uh, really uncomfortable. Um, if the wind hadn't have been there, 
it wouldn't have been as bad. Sure. And of course, the nightfall had had come, and and that makes it a little chillier. And um, it was okay to drink, but I could see people weren't patronizing the food truck. Yeah. And and I do think that makes a difference. And uh, West Six interestingly added uh, hot chocolate. And uh, spiked hot chocolate. Oh, nice. And uh, so uh, I was alone. And uh, so uh, I took uh, uh, Jenny a spiced hot chocolate home, and I, I took a hot chocolate home. Um, but uh, she said it was very, very uh, – it was high octane. It was high octane. So, uh, but, but still, you know, I just don't think you'd want to um, eat out there in yeah. the cold. Well, because we, we even saw that, uh, we were there, I guess it was maybe a month or so ago now, uh, for a work meeting, uh, probably even longer than that, um, and it just happens to be a really overcast, unusually cold day, and I mean, it was, granted, it was harder while we were trying to actually like work and focus on things, um, I didn't think it was nearly as bad once we finished up for the day and were just drinking instead, um, that was good, but the... the are you attempting to lock your car? I'm not sure if we locked my car when we got out. Ah. Now, there's nothing in it. Yeah. But <laughs> just in case. That's, that would be uh, that'd be an impressive range if it if it made it that far. You know what? Is there an app for that? Uh there's an app for that. Oh, look at that. And uh, <laughs> I bet I can uh, just thinking of that right now. Uh, I can lock my doors. So um, That's fancy. That, that is uh, fancy. That is uh, fancy, so we'll see if it, it works. It works about three-quarters of the time when I start the car with the app, and the doors were locked at 11.24. How about that shit? So, wow, okay. So you didn't lock the car, but it did reach that far even before the app. That's no, impressive. no, it just... Oh, oh, from within the app. I got you. Yeah, it just, it just now locked it. Gotcha. Yeah, no, no, that yeah. didn't... I don't... Yeah, uh, that no. would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think we shot over the building and through the brewery would, and and through the apparatus. I mean, aside from the fact that I assume the battery and that would be good for maybe a month before, um, yeah, it died. Uh, that would also have implications for uh, those fun little devices you can uh, purchase to uh, pick up and replay those signals it as would. well to Absolutely. unlock other people's cars. Um, yep. That would be mildly terrifying. <laughs> it would. It would for sure. It would for sure. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty chilly that day, and the wind and just being overcast factored in. So, yeah, I think there will be a lot of hard decisions, and I'll. I'll be curious to see what places around here end up doing. So we have a small fire pit in our gravel area patio, and uh, it was not a great one. And and I might have accidentally run over the wire lid while I was mowing the yard and bent it up. And so I was like, uh, maybe I should uh, find a cool gas one or, you know, the kind that has the rocks in it or, yep. or something like that. And and uh, restaurants and bars are buying up all the things that can, can do outs, outside of heating. And there's, there's nothing available. And if there is something available, it literally costs an arm and a leg. Oh, I bet. I bet I would. I would imagine here um, the the outdoor area is kind of. I think we talked about before. There's sort of like two sections. There's one that's under a big covered section, uh, and then there's some that are open. That uh, normally in the winter they put like a humongous tent type setup uh, over the open area. 
And then they do have those heaters spaced around. Um, I could very easily see them keeping the heaters out, but just not covering things to keep the outdoor area open. But um, I, I don't know how much of a difference the covering actually makes for that. But I know when I've been here before in the winter, I've sat outside and it's been basically like you're inside. Yeah, and I, I feel like just today, if the temperature was, was 25 degrees colder in the sun, yeah, if we were wearing long pants and, and appropriate uh, um, sweatshirts, coats, and hanging out here, I think it'd be fine. I, I agree. I agree. Um, I could basically leave the jacket on that I came here with and, and probably be comfortable in that scenario. Yeah. Now, when the sun goes down, yeah, yeah. it would probably dark, get pretty, yeah. pretty chilly out here. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and in most of the way the building is set up, uh, there's not much of a breeze. I feel a little bit behind me, but there's an opening behind me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've been getting periodic breeze and it, it does make a big difference considering we are sitting in the sun right now. Like the direct sun's real warm, but uh, that breeze comes through it. It takes it down quite a bit. But. So, and I know um, just briefly, Kentucky, our cases are, are escalating the... Uh, we only have a in, in the color coding of green, yellow, orange, and red. We only have, um, I think, about three or four counties that are in the yellow right now. We don't have any greens, and uh, we have mostly reds. Uh, in fact, all of northern Kentucky, mm-hmm. the three counties um, um, around where you live, and a fourth county just south are all. Uh, red now and appear to going to stay red and then um, central Kentucky and then some some uh, parts of eastern Kentucky and then south central and across to the western part of the state are all uh, red lots of stuff around Tennessee Tennessee mm-hmm. is no mask mandates and um, really just everybody for themselves so lots of, of crossover from that yeah yeah, I know. Uh, I know the the county I live in in northern Kentucky has always been uh, kind of up there relative to the rest of the state since things have started, and um, that trend has has only continued, which makes me even more leery about going out a lot of places. And uh, you really just kind of see the impact all over. Um, I I needed to uh, I needed to renew the registration on my car uh, just a few weeks ago, and. I uh, I went to do it online and I, I couldn't renew online because um, my address hadn't been updated with the car registration since before I moved. Um, so it, it told me I had to call in. And uh, I mean, nothing against them. I'm sure they're just absolutely slammed. Uh, but I probably had to call the county clerk's office probably about two dozen times over the span of a week uh, before somebody was actually able to answer the phone just because of how completely slammed they are across the board right now and uh, it was it was honestly funny just because like the the person who answered I, I felt so bad for she just sounded like completely exhausted um and when i explained to her what i needed that i just hey i'm trying to renew my registration my address is wrong i just need to update it and she was like she like brightened up immediately realizing like oh this is something simple it's not like some complicated insanity like it's almost like a break um that she helped me out it was it was good but yeah i can only imagine just sort of the scope that has across the entirety of the community when those numbers are are going the way they are but uh, it, it definitely 
incentivizes me to continue staying at home to the degree that I have been so far. Yeah, anybody that's in some sort of, of service that people still need, you mm-hmm. know, they have to be slammed with both the changes in how they have to do and anxiety from uh, from people. I know that uh, when uh, world-famous uh, game developer uh, Andrew Palumbo, when he went on his crime spree, of uh, running into the backs of people's cars and getting a speeding ticket and such, and he needed to resolve all that uh, <laughs> because he didn't have uh, his address correct on his license. He didn't have proof of insurance. Might have been another thing or two. You know, he's there, there was a there was a laundry list of problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't lock him up, but uh, he had a really difficult time yep. getting a hold of anybody in the court system and. And, and, you know, being able to, to be a good citizen and try to take care of those things. And, uh, you know, it, it caused him some anxiety as well as it, as, as it should have. Yeah, it, um, I, he and I were kind of in the same boat because I actually had also not, uh, not changed the address on my driver's license right away either. But you didn't go on a crime spree. I, I did not go on a crime spree. Uh, and in fact, I had left it intentionally uh, because I technically had both apartments right up until basically... Uh, the pandemic really kicked off here, and uh, I, we, you and I actually had that uh, very questionable and suspect trip to Orlando, where I didn't want my address to be different between when I purchased the ticket and when uh, absolutely yeah. <laughs> when I ended up flying. So I was like, I'll just get it changed when I get back, um, and then naturally I couldn't do that for a few months. And I, I feel lucky, honestly, that right when they first opened it back up, uh, they weren't allowing anybody in the main uh, county clerk's office, um, the much bigger one. And instead, they only opened the sort of uh, smaller satellite office in, uh, in one of the other towns in the county. Um, and I was able to go online and schedule an appointment to go get a new driver's license. And I feel like that worked out pretty well because there was... Um, really no one there at the time because um, it was maybe April or May, I would say. Um, so I kind of avoided it. Now they've done a 180 and they've closed the um, that satellite office. And if you do have to physically go in for something, you've got to go into that bigger location, bigger location, which I'd very much prefer to not do. Now, that being said, I did read that they were keeping pretty strict track of who was in there and only letting a certain number of people into the building at a time. And um, I imagine they're doing everything they can. But just to circle it back, it's still more differences, more rules, everybody trying to adapt and adjust. And the people who work those jobs, I mean, they can't not do them so they just have to deal with the stress and and try to make it through i i would um feel incredibly uncomfortable if i had a job where i had to to deal with the public every day in person given that uh, an uncomfortably large percentage of people um, can't seem to give two shits about other human beings exactly exactly it's you know the idea of um, I can't be bothered to put on a mask or follow the rules and care about anyone else for like literally no good reason. I don't understand it, but yeah, it's um, not hard. It's uh, it's it, it puts those people in a really tough spot uh, for sure. I mean, I found myself in one of the wrong lanes here 
a few minutes ago and I'm like, oh, and jump back and exactly. got in the right lane. Yeah. When I've, I've done the same thing and there's no one around, right? There's not right. another human being within like 20 yards of me, but I'm like, oh crap, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Right, because you don't, you don't want to make somebody else uncomfortable or, or expose them to something sure. or expose yourself to something. Sure, Either sure. And, 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 you know, it's, they've got a great setup here and, uh, you know, kudos to the crew at Madtree. I don't want to be a person who has to, like, make somebody be like, hey, can you please follow the rules? Because, like, they don't want to have to do that either. You know, they're just trying to do their jobs. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're just, you know, if, if you move, ask. Right, right. Yeah, there's... It's it's not it's not too hard, but uh, it's the kind of thing that definitely uh, this this is why I'm at home like ninety eight percent of the time. You and me both, <laughs> and and getting everything uh, delivered or curbside. Exactly. Uh, uh, still not been in a Kroger's, and, and I'm all that I'm stuff. I'm the same. I uh, I had uh, my my latest round of groceries delivered on Monday. Uh, came right to the door, and I, I will say this wasn't on our. Uh, our show notes, but so before we get to the election, um, it's great that Kroger has has delivery and curbside. Uh, I do our shopping, family shopping, mm-hmm. and then I do my mom's. Um, it's amazing to me. I don't know whose fault it is, but it's amazing to me how many things I don't get on every order that are out of stock and and so i started on on our family order started doing it like all right i'm gonna do it right now and get the next soonest uh pickup mm-hmm. and when we show up anywhere from 10 to 14 things they don't have even though i pick the store i say this is what i want and it tells me it's an in inventory and <laughs> and so I, I just wonder, is it a supply chain issue? Is it an inventory management issue? Is it a store stocking issue? Um, it's really hard to, to figure that out. And um, um, one of Jenny's friends, so I, I drink, uh, after hours, I drink caffeine-free uh, diet drinks, and we've not been able to get any. And there's a whole backstory of that sure. and cans and stuff. Yep. And I understand the backstory. But Kroger always tells me they exist, and I've yet to get any in two months now. I right. mean, I am down to, like, my last 12-pack of caffeine-free Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> and so... Uh, shit's, and we've, shit's getting real. It's shit's getting real. <laughs> I'm going to have to start drinking water at night. Um, my McDonald's stuff is still good. I haven't seen any any uh, <laughs> supply chain problems with uh, Diet Coke during the day. But after 4 o'clock, it's got to be caffeine-free for me. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so, um, I don't know. There's, there's something going on there. Um, certainly everybody's had to, to act quick, quickly pivot. There's systems probably didn't have ways to manage this stuff, um, under high demand. Uh, I'm sure a ton of people, every time I go pick up groceries, all the bays are full and somebody pulls in behind me. So, I'm sure they're they're highly used and and patterns are different. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I when I grabbed uh, my order, I, I ordered on Monday. Um, it was a little 
It was sooner than I would normally have re-upped on groceries, but uh, as we'll talk about the election in a second, and uh, actually some some big news literally just broke about the election, um, I didn't know what the state of things might look like uh, post-election. So on Sunday night, I put together an order uh, and scheduled it for delivery on Monday. And I have to imagine that a lot of people did the same thing because they, uh, when you do the delivery, you pick like a, a two-hour window for them to deliver in. And um, almost every other time that I have done it, they, I get the text that they started shopping for me basically on track to deliver my order at the very start of that window. So if my window is 10 to noon, I'm probably going to get my delivery at like 10.05. And... Um, it was like, I picked 10 to noon on Monday, and uh, it was about 11 that I got a text letting me know that uh, they were still doing it, but it was going to be delayed, which was fine for me. I didn't have any issues there, but um, it was probably about two hours late um, that I actually got my delivery in because I figured they were just hammered that day, undoubtedly. So so we've actually had that happen a couple of times where we've shown up, and it's not ready, and it's not going to be ready anytime soon. Um and there's not been any, we've signed up for email and text, and we've not got text or emails. And so that's happened on our orders and on my, my mom's orders. So, so yeah, interesting. So, so we kind of talked last night about showing up and talking about uh, vote counting and where we were at as a country yep. and got some notes in there from some, some places and... And, and I guess kind of the delay of us enjoying a nice brunch, Andrew Palumbo, the best meal of the day, and a um, <laughs> little trolling of uh, world-famous game developer Plums. Seriously, who doesn't like brunch? Yeah. I mean, that's un-American. That's terrible. It yeah. is. Um, so uh, as we were sitting here, kind of enjoying that, my, talking my, about beer. My pocket, I knew something had to be going on because no shit, my pocket just started vibrating and didn't stop for about 45 seconds to the point where I would almost think it was a phone call, but I knew that it wasn't. So that friend we have that doesn't like beer, uh, what's her name? Uh, her name is, let me think about it. I don't even really like beer that much it's brandy brandy Brandy. she texted me that uh biden won and then the uh signal chat that plums is not part of which is the acronym for that signal chat by the way uh for all you cia and nsa listeners (laughs) um one of our uh, (laughs) co-workers it's just one that's probably the other like 10 listeners we have, right? Like, one's you, one's Sam, one's Plums, and the rest are government agencies. Exactly, yeah. So uh, so if you if you all are looking for the super secret signal chat where we, uh, where we share uh, secrets, that's, that's it. That's it. And uh, one of our coworkers said, wonder what the mood in the White House right now is. I happened to uh, see right before Brandy... Um, texted us that CNN had declared Biden the winner in my Twitter feed. And the feed after that said the president, 55 minutes before, the president just arrived at, um, let me see if I can page back and find it, but he arrived at a golf club. So the president is uh, out golfing um, and uh, probably about to lose his shit. But uh, CNN, as I, as I paged up, the Associated Press, 
Um, so every in NBC News, so everybody has just declared. And so uh, we got a bunch of stuff in the show notes, and we can still kind of ramble on some of these a little bit. But uh, five thirty eight has uh, has awarded uh, two hundred and seventy three uh, of the electoral college votes to Joe Biden, and uh, two hundred and fourteen to Donald Trump. And that looks like... Um, yeah, I think the, the difference between that and the other... The other projection I see is 284 right now, which still includes Arizona. Arizona is the difference between those two and 11. Yeah, and um, so that's 538. And uh, Politico um, has the 284. Is that what you were looking at? Yeah, they've got the 284. They still have... They they were one of the outlets that has had Arizona as being called since election night, basically, which they, then came sort of back into contention and, and has been very close. Uh, but now, of course, with Arizona being 11 and Pennsylvania being called at 20, it, it no longer matters since he was at uh, 264 before that. Yeah, so it looks like uh, there's still some votes to acquire in uh in Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, but Pennsylvania is for the most part buttoned up. Um, I did see that um, on Twitter that that President Trump could still be very close in Arizona, but it would take really hitting all the margins that he needed to hit, which are pretty high margins. So I think it's being being ruled as uh, unlikely but uh, but possible. So he, it looks like as of um, 20 minutes ago, he uh, still leads Arizona by 20,573 votes. And um, that was after a fresh, fresh, fresh batch of about 48,000 votes uh, dropped out of Maricopa County. Yeah, and he's still, uh, he's still, Biden's still up by 21K in Nevada, and then Georgia is still sitting there around 5,000. Um, so, excruciatingly close, for sure, but uh, looking, looking, I'm, I'm telling you, um, I was, this, in, in 2016, um, some of those, those battleground states were, again, very key. And I was, uh, being from Pennsylvania, like devastated when Pennsylvania, uh, was, was called as, as going to Trump. So I'm, I'm so proud right now. Hometown Pittsburgh <laughs> doing, doing us a solid. Uh, you and I had even talked about, uh, some of the votes getting counted just this morning were from Allegheny County. So that, that meant a lot. Absolutely. And, uh, so, um, one of, one of my favorites, uh, on Twitter, uh, Kara Stewart, uh, KY Kara, uh, she tweeted sometime last night, for all you uh, people that work remotely, uh, you should move to Georgia and work from there <laughs> for the, uh, the runoff elections. Yeah, I, uh, I was even telling people, um, starting on Wednesday, um, when, when things really started to look close as Pennsylvania, which, um, as we saw in a lot of areas like uh, Michigan and Wisconsin as well, um, they started off predominantly going to Trump uh, because those were day off tallies and then they had to start counting all the mail-in ballots and then those numbers uh, shifted over time. Um, when I saw that shift starting to happen in Pennsylvania, I was like, 
man, I'm working from home. Like I should have, I should have moved back to Pittsburgh right before this. Like it could, uh, that, that one vote could definitely matter. Yeah. I do think that, um, Pennsylvania ended up while dramatic, um, kind of resolved itself in a manner, uh, that, um, that was a little less painful than, than at least what's gone on in Georgia yes. and Arizona. Absolutely. Absolutely. It did. The, the margins were a lot better. Uh, eventually it was just the state law. I think that they, they couldn't begin to count the mail-in votes after a certain, uh, until a certain time on election day. And, and that really delayed things for them. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting. So, so if, if Biden continues to pull through on on Arizona and um, Nevada and Georgia, I think that the number of electoral electoral college votes is around three oh six. Yeah, which if, I think would match what Trump got last time. Yeah, it, it, you're correct. It would be three oh six if he keeps Arizona and seals the deal on Nevada and Georgia. Uh, I think North Carolina, while they're still technically in contention, has been out of grasp for a few days now. So I think that one's pretty safe. I, I, I would, um, and, and we probably need to prepare more to, to talk about this, but um, I do think we need to, to revisit at some level the, the Electoral College. When we look at, um, I saw some uh, statistics recently, and... Almost all of the modern presidential races uh, have been decided by the Electoral College have conflicted with the popular vote. So, so in, in, and it usually has been in uh, Republican-won um, elections, but uh, the Republican generally loses the popular vote but wins the electoral college vote it seemed like uh george herbert walker bush was the last republican president that won both the electoral college and the popular vote um any chance you were looking that up? Uh, I, I was not. Uh, what I was looking up, there's a, a fantastic YouTube channel I follow called History Matters. And a uh, really smart guy runs it who, who will do these videos. They're usually two to five minutes. They're very short. And he animates them with these little like blocky cartoon characters. Uh, but he'll talk about really good, interesting things within history. And uh, he had just posted, very timely, uh, a video about why we have the electoral college in the first place and sort of some of the decision making uh that had gone into that which is is pretty interesting um the idea essentially being that the the people who drafted the constitution uh were themselves wealthy landowners who wanted to ensure that wealthy landowners would maintain um would have more of a voice than they would if it was just gone by popular vote by itself you mean um, you mean just like the whole political process where special interest in rich people have way more influence than the millions and millions of more 
regular everyday medium to low economic income people exactly who that. get shit on every day yes exactly All that right. yeah yeah they were like you know there's a whole bunch of people like i mean even even at that time um you know the cities were really really kind of taking off lots of people living there and, and yeah all the the rich people who wrote the constitution wanted to make sure that other rich people who had a lot of land in the middle of nowhere um had a lot of sway in the process yeah and i think that's the the sad part so i, I know that when uh when uh, Trump won the presidency in 2016, you know, he and the Republicans took that as a mandate mm-hmm. and, and they used the mandate word. And, and he, in fact, lost the popular vote yep. by millions and millions of, of votes. Um, there's still some stuff going on with the Senate. So it will be curious to see how that, that plays out. But, but I do feel like the Democrats who who generally, um, the Republicans pretend to care about people and the Democrats tend to, to have more programs, uh, uh, the awful word socialism, which um, is not really an awful word, and, and um, people get scared about that, but uh, they tend to take care of people more. And it would seem to me that uh, we're now over 4 million votes, and he's going to convincingly win the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. And so that should be a mandate. Um, the Democrats will have the House and the uh, the White House, and uh, it'll be uh, really close in the uh, – hopefully it'll be really close in the United States Senate. And um, the other thing is Joe Biden has a long history of uh, crossing the aisle and working with people, and he has done that his whole career. He has certainly been a, uh, a force of compromise, uh, a force of uh, collaboration, and so we'll see how that, how that goes in his presidency. Um, he also has some um, strong personalities within the Democratic Party that don't all uh, want to work together. So, so in addition to, to having to bring discussions across the aisle with the Republicans, he's going to have to figure out a way to get the Democratic Party to work better together. Yeah, so uh, right now, the confirmed uh, Senate election, it's, it's 48 apiece right at the moment for the total numbers. Uh, Georgia, like you had mentioned, we all need to go work from home from Georgia, uh, is going to go to a runoff. Uh, the other is uh, the election in North Carolina, I believe, that's still unresolved, uh, which could potentially go to a tie if the if if one of those races goes each way, uh, which then, of course, would actually technically give the Democrats control, given that the vice president then cast the tie-breaking vote within the Senate. Absolutely. Um, but I was I was also uh, pleased, uh, especially in the, you know, I feel like Biden's done a good job so far. And of course, I'm not the biggest Biden fan by any stretch of the Nor imagination. Yep. Um, just, you know, the only reasonable choice to vote for by a, a wide margin. Uh, but I have been pretty pleased that um, he's been very... Um, He's been cautiously optimistic uh, in all of his speeches he's made uh, since the election has started, saying, hey, patience, everybody's got to wait, got to chill out. And then uh, in the speech that he made last night uh, where, you know, 
he had to be feeling pretty good knowing that things were really looking in his favor. Uh, and the thing he chose to stress in that speech was that we, we got to work together. We can't just sit back and say, we're going to spend another four years not doing anything because people can't compromise. Uh, and I, I really do think that's the right attitude that we need. Um, demonizing each other is not going to solve any kind of problems. Like we do need to work together. And, and like you say, he does have a history of going across the aisle that makes me hopeful. We can maybe, you know, get ourselves out of this ditch. We just spent four years digging. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I, I think that, um, the thing that I've seen from Kamala Harris and Joe Biden is leadership. And, and, um, there aren't red states and there aren't blue states. There, there, there are American people. Exactly. And um, I, we've spent four years. I mean, when the coronavirus broke, um, there were threats that, and and internal, documented conversations and strategies about let's give money to the red states and not the blue states. Yep. Let's let. And, and and my translation of that is. Let's let people die that aren't like us. Yes. And, and that's just wrong on, on any level. And, and that same thing went on before COVID with all the programs mm -hmm. uh, and policies. I, I, I hear, um, I saw somebody tweet last night, and I, I, it was somebody in the Frankfurt area and, that I know, and I wanted to go and just grab them and shake them. <laughs> and, and it was like... Uh, uh, Trump was the best policy president of of my lifetime, and and that's not true. He might have been the best policy president if if you're a racist, sexist, homophobic um, person who doesn't uh, care about other human beings. His policies, absolutely. His immigration sure. policies of breaking families apart, and and. Um, causing harm to to people uh to to changing the way um families and health insurance worked and and trying to even do more of that mm -hmm. um sure but those aren't policies those are those are predatory activities based on your ideology a policy um is, is something that that lifts up everybody in the country yeah, and I, uh, I was even I was having a conversation uh, just yesterday with somebody who uh, was was attempting to plead the case that uh, he didn't really botch the whole handling of the pandemic, and and he was really listening to and pushing the message of Fauci, which I think is utter horseshit um, to anybody who's ever spent two minutes listening to the man speak. Uh, and to me, the biggest easiest indicator of that uh, that that loops back to the idea of we got to work together is he politicized the idea of wearing a mask. I mean, it's not a political issue. It's a medical issue. And, and to put lives at risk just to pretend like everything's okay so you can, you know, keep touting about how great everything is as you go into an election is, is you know, it's, it's worse than negligence when you're actually putting people in danger like that. Um, but just to, to hear sort of the mental gymnastics that people are willing to go through to sort of justify even things like that um, is, is disappointing. And, and hopefully in the next four years, we can turn that around. You, you know, the biggest problem I have with a mask is that it fogs up my glasses. And, <laughs> yeah. and honestly, 
I wear a mask all the time. So if that's the worst problem you have, that's a pretty damn good problem to have. And, and medical personnel, epidemiologists across the world have already said the mask is likely a better deterrent of the coronavirus than the vaccine yep. will be. It seems incredibly simple to just care about other human mm-hmm. beings. Um, hell, be a little paranoid and care about yourself. Right. Uh, get off your high horse and uh, wear a mask. You know, um, we're at a public place. We're distanced from all the people around us. We're safe. When we get up, we have to put on a mask. When we go to the bathroom, we have to put on a mask. When we have to get a beer, we put on a mask. None of those are heavy lifts. They, they aren't. They aren't. And while we were unpacking all the gear, your mouse fell off the end of the table, and I got up to pick it up, and I Put took on your mask. two seconds to put on the mask to walk three feet and, and grab it because it's simple and it is what you're supposed to do. And, and when we're at West 6, I notice all of us do that even though we're just moving around in the gravel around the yep. tables and nobody's there. Yep. It it just should become part of your life. It's just and, second nature to the point where you, it should get to the point where you don't think about it. It's just, I am out somewhere. I have to stand up. I'll put on the mask. Yeah. Simple. It's it's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democratic thing. It's it's not in the Constitution. It's <laughs> it's not it's not the right to bear arms. It's not freedom of speech uh, against the government. Um, it's simple. It's easy, and uh, and I'm amazed every day about the asshats that uh, that that don't care. Yeah, and it just it tears them up, and and they. The, the, the idea of, like, I, I feel like I'm being persecuted because I have to wear this mask. I mean, you you should pick up a book and maybe read a little history if you want to see people who have actually been persecuted. If having to wear a mask to keep your community safe is persecution, like, you've had the, obviously, you've had the easiest life you can possibly imagine. And and honestly, what about the, the immigrants, uh, especially from Mexico, that have been kept in camps and children separated from parents in the last uh, 12, 18, 24 months, um, they've suffered way more than, exactly. uh, than your sorry ass uh, for having to wear a mask. Yeah, who's, who's got to put on a mask to, you know, go up to the counter and, and get a beer. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not a big ask. No, no. So um, we, we know Biden for sure is the president because I just checked my Twitter feed and Fox News has uh, oh boy has confirmed, uh, <laughs> um, so I keep going back and looking to see if uh, if Donnie uh, if anybody I don't follow him yeah but I, um, I don't either I'm, I've got too much sanity <laughs> but uh, many people I follow uh, retweet so uh, I haven't seen any retweets yet so um, maybe he broke his phone on the golf course. Somebody suggested that that maybe um, they had taken his phone away from him because at one point in the last 24 hours, he wasn't tweeting as much as he was just retweeting other people. So that maybe he was like sitting at a computer or something. Well, I know that, uh, I mean, some poor soul at Twitter has had their work cut out for them with the number of uh, tweets he's made basically since Tuesday 
that have needed to be flagged as this is false information, that sort of thing, which kudos to Twitter for doing that. But I mean, it's just ridiculous the amount of nonsense being posted from there. And uh, Steve O'Banion, the, if he was in the United States when he made those comments, I'm not sure where he physically was. Um, I believe that there are a number of state and federal laws that uh, when you call for the beheading of public officials, that that's a crime and, uh, and he needs to be arrested and uh, prosecuted. And if found guilty, he, he needs to, to suffer all the things that that guilty uh, verdict uh, um, calls for. That's, that's just amazing in our lifetime for somebody to call for the beheading of public officials. Yeah, and it's I mean it's from the same the same group of people. I mean, I know they had a falling out, but I still lump them in there cuz heart and soul he's in the same group of people. Uh, it's the same group of people who are who was threatened to sue uh, the Lincoln Project for the uh, that criticizing banner about uh, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner and Jared, in yeah. Times Square. Um, which, if you actually know the law, um, you're absolutely free to criticize public officials. That being said, what you're not free to do is call for death threats against them. Exactly. That's not something you can do. Um, but it just kind of puts a nice little cap on the, uh, the the sort of hypocrisy there that, you know, you can't say anything bad about us. But um, we'll, we'll literally call for somebody to be murdered, and that should be okay in their mind, which is just absolute insanity. Never ever is that okay yeah uh especially for anybody but especially with public officials exactly and and given some of the actions we've seen over the past few months um you know you can't know that people aren't going to try to take action upon that given some of what we've seen i did see so uh i could be wrong about the location but i think it's in the los angeles area a dude said if uh biden wins i'm gonna go and and shoot all the Democrats. And uh, so he got put. The police figured out. They were monitoring social media. They, mm-hmm. they caught it. People reported it. They figured out where he was, and they went and got him. And they did something that is also the title of a Van Halen album. So what did they do, John? What kind of hold did they put him on? I couldn't name a single Van Halen album, so I have no idea. The code is 5150, which is for crazy. So it's a crazy <laughs> hold. So it's a, 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 a psychiatric hold. And uh, so Van Halen during the uh, Semi Hagar years, not that we're going to veer off the path. Oh, wait, John's. John's talking. We're going to veer off the That's, path. That is what I do. <laughs> um, so they had uh, the 5150 album, which was uh, uh, that call. And then they had one called For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. <laughs> and, uh, That's true. And, and so that was, uh, that was in the 80s. So that, I mean, you, you had to, I realize you were very young, but you had to love Van Halen. For their colorful naming yeah, conventions. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, so they put this uh, guy. I think he was in his twenties on a fifty-one fifty hold uh, in a psychiatric uh, uh, facility 
somewhere till they can figure out they they look for guns and sure. stuff like that so i don't i don't know any of the other story i saw it last night but uh but yeah so um i know we were going to talk about uh kind of how we kept up with things so uh why don't we close out the episode with uh, the elections over it is um, mercifully the, well it's it's over it's gonna be a thing for there's, there's, there's two months gonna, probably. There's going to be drama, yeah, for sure. I'm curious. So, so I will tell you, in the signal chat, um, with another one of our coworkers, we were conversing on this uh, a night or two ago, and I said, I believe at some point, after more gnashing of the teeth and lawyering up and and. Uh, lawsuits that will be unfounded because because to win a lawsuit there has to have been uh a crime or right. or a misdeed or a mistake and and i don't think we're going to find any of those and several of these states are going to have uh by law recounts because yep. the law says if you don't win by a certain amount they're recounts yep. hence why in georgia the, they're going to have runoffs for two Senate seats because mm-hmm. neither candidate got over 50% of the vote. So it's a runoff. Yep. And, and so there's laws and there's rules in place. And, and you know what? Those things work. Yep. But um, I believe that at some point Trump is going to resign. He's going to have a deal with Vice President Pence, and Trump is going to resign. Pence is going to do a blanket pardon. Um, Pence will use the time to work with the Republican-controlled Senate for any number of pet projects as he's going out the door uh, for any of his political allies that he wants to mm-hmm. to pardon or to commute sentences. The president has all sorts of power, um, and most of them um, don't take that superpower uh, until they're headed out of office, yep. e- even— Barack Obama oh, yeah. uh, did things that that I probably would have preferred he didn't do during his last days of office in terms of of commuting sentences and things like that. But but that's that's the gig. If you get to be president of the United States, you get some superpowers that other yeah. people don't get. Um, so, and he he at least did a couple good ones. Too. He did. You know, Chelsea Manning was yes. the, the big one, obviously there but, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um. So. Uh, um, some other things going on, but I, I, that's in the back of my head. That feels like something that's plausible. I, I could see that. I could see that. And uh, you, it's, it is currently uh, 12.08 uh, on Saturday. The 7th? November 7th. So you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> the prediction. That's right. Uh, that's, that's when it was made. It's in the books now. <laughs> yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out. But I think something like that is highly plausible. Good to see that. So so how did you keep up with things? Yeah. So um, honestly, it's, this is going to be terrible. Um, I, I don't know what news broadcast I watched on election night. I honestly don't recall. It was one of the, it's either ABC or uh, NBC, one of the two. Um so ABC, I believe, is Lester Holt. Okay, it was not Lester. It was um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I, I might have to look it up after this, but uh, it was just when I opened up Hulu that night. They were like, "Hey, we're broadcasting 
this all election night and um, NBC. George, it was George Stephanopoulos. George that's Stephanopoulos. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. So, so that it was, was NBC. That's probably MSNBC. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, and, and he could have been on NBC as well. And then Lester is the news anchor of NBC. Gotcha. Not a, not yeah. ABC. So it was. So it was. It was uh, NBC that uh, Hulu was live streaming that. So I. I just kept that on most of the night. Uh, I didn't. I didn't turn it on until probably about nine, um, just because I, I know how I am. I get real amped up and I can't stop watching. Um, I spent probably at least two hours. Like I couldn't even sit on my couch. I was literally just pacing in front of the TV. Uh, I stayed up until about one forty-five in the morning, uh, at which point it became pretty clear we weren't going to get any any new results after that. So uh, when I woke up then, which I woke up extremely early on on Wednesday, uh, the tool I had bookmarked was uh, Politico's election tracker. Uh, I thought they had a pretty good one that would give a nice map and a nice breakdown of all the races. Uh, and then I really liked sort of as the numbers developed, they had a tool in there where you could you could very easily just click buttons and say like, well, what if what if Biden takes this state? What does it look like? And it changes a little slider that says, now there are this many paths to victory compared to this many on Trump's side. And you can really easily like look at the map and kind of play with that tooling to figure out like, oh shit, if he takes, you know, if he keeps, especially right when Biden was taking, uh, flipping all those Midwestern states um, and, and those were going to him, that's when I realized like, well, shit, if he gets Michigan, keeps Arizona, and takes Nevada, he can actually win without needing either Pennsylvania or Georgia. Um, and that was like kind of the moment where I went from being very extremely worried to I could actually breathe maybe a little bit. <laughs> so I was very grateful for those, those kind of tools to let me play with that. Now, obviously, as, as the days went on, things became a bit better. Uh, but that was kind of the tool. I kept it bookmarked. Um, and since I used Safari, it was on my, my laptop and on my phone. Every morning when I would wake up, the very first thing I would do as soon as I grabbed my phone before I did anything else. Like I wouldn't even have my glasses on yet. So I'm holding the phone two inches from my, my blind face. Uh, and I'm checking, have any of the numbers changed from last night? So uh, that was what I mainly used. I would occasionally check uh, the Associated Press as well, just to see kind of what numbers compared since some places had different counts. But uh, how about yourself? What what were you using? So I primarily used 538. I follow Nate Silver's group and, on and he, Twitter. He was actually on the uh, NBC broadcast on Tuesday yeah. night too. Yeah, he was on frequently throughout the week. So so let me start on election night. I I'm not a worrier. I'm generally don't have anxiety, and I had a ton of anxiety, and so I I did not watch uh, any live news on election night because I was so uncomfortable with the state of our country. Yep. Um, so I doom scrolled. So, <laughs> so, so some of the places I'll, I'll talk about, I have set up on my iPad. Um, so I doom scrolled for a little while on my laptop and then, uh, uh, went to bed and doom scrolled for about five hours, you know, to the wee <laughs> yep, hours yep, of the morning. Yep. Um, so, um, so you mentioned Politico, so I added that to to my list because not everybody agrees all the time with the numbers yep. and the status, and and so I liked to hear those different uh, assessments. Um, so I kind of my go to was five thirty eight, 
And then my second go-to was Politico, only because you mentioned it to me. And, and then I would periodically bounce between a couple of other sources, and I always had a bookmark for the CNN election page yep, up. Yep. And, and so I kind of bounced between those. And then, as you know, I've cultivated list on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have a news source list and one that I call Cool People. And the cool people are... Uh, it's got a lot of influencers in it, um, I- including uh, political people. And so I really doom scrolled between uh, those. So, so Twitter was a big, uh, I-, I probably got all my breaking news from Twitter. And as the week has gone on, I got the incremental updates. So when so many votes dropped yep. in Maricopa County or so many dropped in uh a county, DeKalb County in, in Georgia, or, or any Allegheny in, in Pennsylvania, I mainly pulled that information from uh, Twitter, and then I would go back to either Politico or uh, 538 or both on the website, mm-hmm. and then just kind of match up, because both places also have some commentary as well that, that went a little deeper. So uh, I felt like that worked for me. Um, I did start watching um, Lester Holt. Um, I've been watching him during the pandemic. Not every night. I'm not a news watcher. But I started watching him two to three times a week to try to get an assessment on where we're we're trending nationally. I know Mm -hmm. what we're trending in Kentucky and and Ohio, but, but where we're trending nationally. And uh, and so that was real helpful to to do to do that and started watching that and so um, he was on there uh, like I said I don't know maybe maybe George Stephanopoulos did the election night the nights after that were uh, mostly Lester uh, Savannah Guthrie um, another woman who really had some good insight who I apologize her name escaped me she was she was really terrific. Um, and and then um, uh, Chuck Todd, who does Face okay. the Nation, yep. and and Chuck ran the the I'm guessing it was a Microsoft uh, uh, screen that they uh, went back and forth and did all the scenarios on, and and I thought they did a really good job. Um, I didn't watch it for hours on end. I checked in periodically um, most nights this week after election night. And uh, but I, I got most of my stuff from from Twitter and then five thirty eight and Politico, and and that uh, that helped me manage the uncomfortableness of it. And 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 I'll just say that uh, when I go when I go look at 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 numbers, while Joe Biden appears that he will have won the most presidential votes in history. Period. Yep. By the popular vote, and he will convincingly have won the electoral college. So there's no question. It it concerns me that uh, 70 million people voted for a for a guy that every day of his life is predatory, is a racist, sexist. He uh, he incites hate crimes. He incites. Um, activities that are not uh, how we would want a society to work. Um, there's a thing about being free, but um, 
but he, he stepped way past that, that freedom line. And, uh, and, and then just throughout his campaign, he continued to, uh, I mean, I think it was in Michigan, he said something, Michigan or Wisconsin, he said, uh, he spoke to suburban housewives that, that, uh, you know, so your husbands can get back to work. Uh, you know, uh, women contribute to the workforce every day. Why, why would, why would you, in any year, but especially 2020, right. convey the thought that that women should be uh, silent in the home and follow the wishes of their husbands? And that's that's really what he was saying. Yeah, it uh, it was. I was actually having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine yesterday. Um, we were kind of talking about the election. A bit of mutual relief to the fact that things uh, appear to be going in a, in, a, in a positive path, but I actually brought up the exact same point that um, it was extremely disappointing to me that things were as close as they were. I, I kind of deep down inside was telling myself for the past four years that, you know, in 2016, people people wanted to vote against the establishment. They wanted somebody who wasn't, you know, a career politician and they just made a really bad decision picking the worst possible human being that they could. And I kind of deep down inside for the past four years have been hoping that people will see the, the nightmare that's been happening for four years. They'll see all the wrongdoings, um, all the just terrible things, the division that's getting sowed. And they would realize that was a mistake. And clearly that was not the case. There were so many people who witnessed what happened for the past four years. And they said, sign me up for another four of that. I think, I think that was pretty good. And I just, I can't even comprehend that kind of outlook. No, Joe Biden convincingly won. It's going to be over 4 million votes. Um, it's a big number. However, that still means... Just less than half the people in the country supported um, a guy that that doesn't care about basic human rights and human beings. And then a number I saw, can't say if this number is accurate or not, but the it looked like Trump was trending for a number that was about 21% of the U.S. population. So somewhere... You know, say between 20 and 25 percent of the population, people sitting around us right now, uh, believe he's a good dude. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Although um, while we've been talking here, uh, Politico at least has called Nevada officially for Biden as well. Oh, cool. So his number is now sitting at 290 uh, by their count. The only real contention left being Georgia, which would be an additional 16. So that yeah. would be that 306 number That'd be we the mentioned earlier. If he yeah. Gets it. yeah. And then he will get North Carolina, which, what was that? 10, 12, 16? Uh, electoral is yeah. 15, 15 for North Carolina. Okay. So uh, he'll be setting around 229, and, uh, and Biden should be uh, 306. So opposite the way it, it ended last year, except that last year the popular vote. Uh, the, Told a uh, different story. The current president yeah. still didn't win exactly. by millions of votes. Yep, yep. So sigh uh, of relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, so I feel much better. Oh, me too. Me too. It's been uh, it's been a it's been a rough week. Been a rough week. There's been a lot of doom scrolling. There's been a lot of day drinking. It's been a rough week. <laughs> I uh, I had a little health issue and had to take some some steroids to to help uh, uh, 
a bug bite or something. And so that, that kept me up one of the nights. I got about an hour's sleep. And so I spent almost that whole night doom scrolling yep. as well. And, and um, like I said, I'm not a worrier. I'm, I'm just kind of, um, it is what it is. And I'll do all the things I can do to influence something. Sure. And then it's just got to happen. But uh, there was a lot of anxiety for me. Uh, leading into the election and and this week, and um, I mean we're already seeing the the president elect act like a leader, act like a statesperson. Um, we're already seeing Kamala Harris do the same thing, and and while Biden wasn't my choice in the in the primary for sure. sure. Um, He's experienced. He understands how to bring people together. And during the pandemic, he has said more than the sitting president about how we should be coming together as a country to take care of one another than than the leader of what is supposed to be the the greatest country in the world. Yeah, it's um, it, it. I, I can't believe that this is something I'm, I'm excited about in a president because this should never be an issue. Um, I'm excited for there to be a person in the White House who knows how to conduct themselves in a manner befitting the office, um, who's not going to just say the most insane thing, who's not going to call people they don't like names on you know addresses to the country. I mean, just the most shallow bullshit you could ever imagine that's 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 not befitting of the office um it'll be exciting to see somebody who knows how to behave for sure D- did we talk in the last pos- podcast about pete Sousa and the way i see it i don't think so so uh pete Sousa was the uh lead staff photographer for both ronald reagan and oh, for barack obama no we did we, we did? did talk about this yes i and forgot the name and uh, and so there's a documentary about him. And so if you didn't hear the last episode and you're just coming into this one, there is a documentary. It was on MSNBC, and uh, now it is on uh, Apple TV, and I don't know where else. But um, it is uh, illuminating, interesting, painful, um, heartbreaking, and... Uh, and something that you should uh, you should watch. It uh, it talks about uh, Ronald Reagan and, and his leadership, and Barack Obama and his leadership. Mm-hmm. And at some point, uh, Pete got fed up and started uh, contrasting the President Obama to uh, President Trump, um, and and they ask him. You know, was there ever something that Trump did that you didn't have a corresponding opposite picture of of how Barack Obama handled it? And he's like, no, for every time Trump did something bad, wrong, disgusting, um, you know, I had to choose which Barack Obama pictures that I was going to post. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a powerful statement from somebody who was, you know, Largely, I'm not saying in his personal life, but in the way he interacted with presidents throughout history, it was largely apolitical. He was never focused on, I want to paint this guy in a good light or this guy in a bad light. He was just capturing them as they were. Yeah. Um, so those are, those are powerful statements from somebody who um, has had more interaction with 
presidents, especially presidents throughout my lifetime, that than and, almost anybody else. And of different parties. And of different parties, exactly. And, and I liked what you said. I didn't. I didn't say that eloquently. He captured people as they were. Yep. He captured them honestly. Yes. Yes. And and that's important. He absolutely, absolutely. He was not pushing like a, an agenda or anything like that. It was just yeah, as as they were. And to notice that kind of contrast is uh, both sad yet not surprising. Yeah, for sure. Well, John, where can people find you online? Yeah, so um, you can find me online at uh, my main website is jfabhd.com. Uh, that's got links to all of my other places I hang out on the internet. Uh, one of those links is to my blog over at unusually.pink, where um, I, I swear, like the only time I ever seem to have like the time and motivation to put blog posts together is on the weekend. I really need to start writing more than like one at a time and just schedule them out for a week or something. But uh, usually at least once a week, I'll have something new there. Um, I have at least three or four posts on the back burner right now, so I need to to get with that but uh yeah i do i do a lot of stuff there uh the main page jfabhd.com just has a little blurb about me and my links to other other places Uh, how about yourself where can people find you on the internet well before we get to all the websites i've built for myself (laughs) uh, um we didn't talk about your new keyboard so i should i expect that you will uh uh, have a blog post about that new keyboard? Yeah, yeah there'll definitely be a blog post uh, about that new keyboard. Um, I'm excited to read about that because it was kind of on my, do I want this list? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just say right now, so far, it's very, very favorable. Um, I, I like it. I've only used it for about an afternoon. Uh, so I've, I've got some preliminary ideas already. Uh, probably what I'll plan to do is use it every day for the next week and then uh, probably put together uh, a blog post. So yeah, that'll, that'll definitely be there. Um, the other thing I should mention, um, since you made that comment about uh, all the websites, is um, I, I did just launch a brand new website. I won't spoil it, but uh, it is linked on jfabhd.com. So, oh, cool. Um, I'll have to take a look. That, this is the project you've been working yeah, on. Yeah, it's a personal project I've been working on. Uh, I've been hesitant to... Um, to really advertise it too much yet because there have been a lot of bugs uh, that I've been still working my way through over the past week. Uh, So it was first published to the internet last weekend, and then uh, this week, periodically, I've just been fixing bugs as they come in. Um, This is V1, some of the stuff I'm working on right now. There's probably going to be a V2 that will look exactly the same but be way better under the hood. Um, that, That might be coming in the future, but yeah, so brand new, brand new website out there, and I bring this up uh, because this means I have created yet another website before Chris has gotten his one website uh, published to the internet. And that's a website that he isn't even building, but that he had you build. And he just has to give you like a paragraph of text that he can't do. So um, I really wanted to make sure the world knew that I made yet another website before Chris put his online. In fairness, that's kind of a low bar. It, it is. It is. I like to kick him while he's down. Yeah, uh, he'll probably listen to the podcast and no, he uh, won't. <laughs> no, he won't. He won't hear it at all. So, uh, so well, I'll have to take a look at that. Uh, I'm excited to see what you have uh, done. And uh, you can find me at uh, craftbrewgeek.com. That actually sends you to my Instagram account and uh, the same name on all the usual social networks and one of these days i'll have more time and and get my own uh, website up and uh, 
and do some blogging as well. So one uh, of these days, is it still is it still waiting in the wings of Squarespace right now? It, it is. Okay. Remember, I showed you that the yeah. other night. So, <laughs> so I, I wanted to screen share and show you that because I'm like I've I've said this so long. John's probably about to call bullshit that I ever even did anything, and uh, and there actually was a shell up there, but it has gone on so long that that. Uh, template is no longer available. Oh. So that's why that screen looks like that. Okay. So there was actually work done in a template and it's been so long the template is gone. <laughs> they no longer support it. So there's just this this white screen that says this doesn't exist anymore. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's it's, it's been a minute. So uh, so yeah, so I've I've got a I've got a bunch of sites that I support in there. Um, so that's my developer account and my website <laughs> is is expired and defunct. So uh, go figure. That's a good thing to have. Yeah. yeah, you can still you can still get it published faster than Chris. I bet though. Yeah, I bet. Well, there's can. no doubt. <laughs> so uh, well, man, it was great hanging out at uh, Mad Tree. We'll definitely have to do this again before the snow falls. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hopefully get another couple of rounds in at the very least. All right. See you next time, man. Yep. Take it easy.